to another episode of the Rebel Flow podcast. I'm your host, Flo. Today, we have another talented guest that I had the pleasure of meeting during my college days. He's a freelance cinematographer and wears many hats within the film industry, but he's probably most known for being a stellar ultimate Frisbee player for the Ninja Geese. It is none other than Andrew Bradford. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me here today. So I wanted to have you on because knowing um, your history with being in the film industry and just all of the talent and things that you have to offer and perspective that you have to offer for the listeners, I'm really excited to pick your brain on your craft. Also, just to catch up because I haven't seen you probably in over 10 years because I forget how yeah, long no, it ago. has. It's been it forever. It has been like a decade, yeah. Which hurts a little bit if I'm being honest. I, I still can't believe, I still think I'm like 22, but... I am not. And I knew you then in college as Ultimate Frisbee Bradford. Like we played on the North Greenville Ninja Geese together, which was awesome. But I would always see you working on some kind of project or something for like class. And so kind of walk me through more like film industry, Bradford. Like what what kind of led you into wanting to even make films in the first place? Man, that's a that's a good place to start. I think uh, I will say right off the bat, the competitive side of Bradford has never gone away. There's still the competitive side of Bradford in all of my filmmaking. Uh, that has that has always been there. Uh, yeah, no, it started. I think if we go way back, I think in high school, even before college, I never saw myself as a filmmaker. I never saw myself in that field at all. But I always loved movies. I always found myself finding storytelling so fascinating. And I think it started in this idea of anytime I had a group project, it was always, man, if we had access to a camera, let's do a video and then show it in front of the class because nobody else is going to put in the work that it takes to shoot something and then edit it and then show it in front of the class. But then it was always something that was so special getting to watch everyone watch what you made. And it was also a guarantee to like get a better grade in the class because the teacher was always so impressed. So it was like one of those things where I was like, man, anytime I could, I fell in love with it. And for me, my my number one passion, I think, was sports. So like, I think it was every bit of me just loved playing sports as much as I could. And once that reality kind of passed with time, I tried to go to college. I tried to see what I could do in the athletic field and stuff. But because I didn't have any scout record or anything like that, they didn't accept walk-ons, uh, no matter what my talent level was. So it was immediately a choice for me. Well, if I can find a way to make a living telling stories, that's not work for me. I would love to do that. So that's what happened for me when I went to college. It was, let me figure out a way to like just tell stories, make movies, and that was the starting point for me. And as soon as I got a taste of holding a camera and being like, oh man, there is something special truly about the high level aspect of this, there was no turning back for me. I love that. So yeah. And then so from from leaving North Greenville, how did you get into the workspace with it? I feel like with filmmaking, it's tricky to find like it's not a traditional nine to five, right? So what was your process on making projects, whether your own or working for someone else? Man, I think that was the most scary crossroad for me was dropping out of college and then just being like, man, I have no idea how to do this because, you know, where I, I ended up growing up most of my life over in West Africa. And so moving to the States to go to college and then try to figure that out and then immediately making the choice to be like, 
you know, I'm going to drop out and try to figure this out on my own. There was no one to hold my hand and be like, this is the way to go. There was no path set before me. This is like my parents weren't creative people. I didn't have any ins into the industry. And so for me, it was just a lot of understanding and like, I guess almost a self-realization of, man, you have to want this more than anyone wants this for you. No one's going to hold your hand and help you get to where you want to go more than what you are going to do. So for me, it just became this idea of you're just going to have to put your head down and let your work ethic speak for itself. You're going to have to be willing to like get up and work harder than anyone else. And I think the competitive side of me who just loves sports and loves athletics, like that was a very easy translation of just, okay, I can, I can put in the work myself. If, if it's going to take me having to work harder than anyone else around me, not that I was by any means better than anyone, but that mindset of just, I'm going to find a way to show up every day and I'm going to figure out how to teach myself how to do this. And so it just became a lot of me just asking people for chances, hustling as hard as I could, sleeping on friends' couches while I was trying to figure out how to pay rent. And then it was a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches until things started to to connect. So your family was still in West Africa the whole time. Yeah. So I didn't have any family in the in the U.S. until later. I think my sister, my younger sister, ended up moving to the U.S. and she went to college, but it was in another state and all that stuff. So we were still long distance. So yeah, it was still a lot of you know we were all spread out, and then we just tried to see each other whenever we could, like once every two or three years. And I went to boarding school too while I was in Africa. So my whole life has been in that kind of a in that kind of a world. So it wasn't like anything new for me. It was definitely a difficult challenge to like kind of be like, all right, you're coming to a new country and now you're gonna try to figure out how to survive as an adult. And now you're gonna try to figure out a career you had no idea anything about. And it I think it was one of the toughest things I've gone through, but it's one of the things that I'm also so proud of being like, man, there was no moment that I ever allowed myself to back out of it. It was, this is plan A, B, C, D, and we're going to work hard for this and it's going to be worth it. And it's so interesting that you picked this path when you hadn't even seen it been done by anybody before that you was in your circle. And so for you, it was really pioneering, right? Going into it, you really had to forge your own path. But like you said, it it was probably the hardest time in your life navigating as an adult. But what a stake in the ground to be able to say, well, now I can do anything now. Did you use that as an anchor point for going forward to give you confidence for future projects? I think what it did for me was it actually really gave me a good focus. And it put me in this position to where I was no longer having anything to fall back on. And so what it really did was it really helped me find like-minded people. My heart was able to just find these like-minded people who were willing to just really work hard for things. And I think that that was such a good thing for my heart, but it really gave me the ability to just see that, man, this path doesn't have to be pretty. This path doesn't have to be easy, nor do I want it easy, but it's worth it. I don't think that there's ever been someone that I have seen, I guess, in life or afar that has been given something on a silver platter or been able to like have their first thing work out so well and then have a ton of respect for them. For me, it's been who are the people that work really hard at something and it takes them a long time to get to where they're going. Those are the people that we all end up looking up to and being like, oh, that's why you're a master of your craft. It's like someone like Roger Deakins who nobody knew about because he was shooting a bunch of 
documentaries and then all of a sudden it's now he's like the most famous cinematographer and so great at what he does but it's because of the foundation he did or like leonardo da vinci painting all these pictures where we get to see all the great stuff he's done but everyone forgets the foundation of what he started at where no one would hire him as an artist and so he made a living just drawing people's headshots that got arrested by police officers just so they had a record for like 10 years and that's how he learned human anatomy and facial structure was just like all of this because he wasn't getting hired as an artist. And so there's like all these cool examples. And so for me, it was this idea of finding people that were like willing to work hard and it didn't have to be like this overnight success, but they were willing to still be like, let's figure out how to be great. And I think that being in that place and like having that focus and like being in a location in life where I was not able to fall back onto anything else, that really set me up, I think, for so much. I wouldn't say success because it's not like I'm off killing it or anything right now, but it gave me a good foundation for where I am now. That whole sink or swim mentality, you get more skill sets out of that than if you have a smooth road. Yeah, exactly what you just said. Sorry, I think I need to eat something because I, I like ran a bunch this morning. I'm in marathon training. And so when I walk- Oh, that's so crazy. I'm actually training for a marathon as well. Are you? Wait, what are you training for? So I'm training for a marathon as well. Uh, this will be my third marathon. And um, I'm I'm training either, I'm, I'm going to do a half marathon this next weekend to see when I want to do my next marathon, either April 28th or May 27th. So I'm either going to go to Eugene, Oregon, or I'm going to go to Buffalo um, and do a marathon. What are their, ma- this will be your third, what were your first two? I did Eugene as my first one. And then I did, I did Vancouver as my second. Oh man, those are so beautiful. No. So right now I'm actually training to qualify for Boston. I'm hoping to try to run this next marathon, like somewhere between like 246 and 251. That's my hope. Whoa. So what's your splits? What are your mile splits? I'm trying to train for my marathon to run at like a six, between a 620 and a 630 pace. I can... Well, I don't know about right now, but when I was speed trading, I could run one mile at 618 and then it would just, I'd be dead. That's, that's so impressive. amazing. I love it. No, was, it doesn't matter how many miles you run at that. That's a, that's a, that's a hard pace to hold. So that's incredible. I think you only have to get sub three hours, right? To qualify. You do, but then there's like the secondary cutoff because, because of how many people run the race, they cap it at a certain number. So depending on how many people like qualify that year. Uh, so for me, I usually have to run, I would have to run under 255, but I also like am trying to qualify for New York at the same time. And New York is 253. And so trying to, trying to qualify for both at the same time. And, uh, and I think that I'm pretty close to, I'm, I'm pretty close between like 246 and 250 pace right now. That's my hope. That's great. I think you've got a good shot if that's what kind of mileage and stuff you're doing or your splits. Oh, to bring it back, the enduring. Is, was that the video you said is not being released yet or? It has, no, yeah, that one, that one's coming out hopefully soon. I met her at a race and, uh, and like just connected with her. And then I saw this accident happen about a year after I met her. And I was like, Hey, if you ever want to tell your story, I'd love to just come help tell this whenever you want to. And she finally hit me up and was like, Hey, I'd love to tell this. And then we figured out all the dates and everything and just kind of made it happen between the two of us. It was really inspiring. And so it made me wonder like if you had, cause I knew you were an athlete, but I didn't know if you were in the running field, but obviously you are. Man, running for me has been like such a, not like it's been like an outlet for me, but it has been something that's been able to continue to help me keep the mindset 
that I try to have in because I just connect with sports in general. Like it's helped make me the film. It's it's continued to help make me the filmmaker and the leader that I, I try to be on set too. You also did another film that I saw the trailer for that takes place in Kenya. And you actually went to Kenya to film it. I did, yeah. So that was that was back in uh, 2022. Yeah, I got the privilege of going over there, um, and we were there for almost three weeks. And I got to I got to shoot a whole a whole little film there. It was incredible, the best experience I've ever had on a on a filmmaking set. That was just absolutely a blast. What was your role on that film? Yeah, so I was the I was the DP for that film. So it was really it was really cool to be able to just go into prep um, with the director um, and really just come up with a, a plan and then just figure out, you know, how do we execute this to the best of our ability and then come up with a plan, go over there. We had like 40 crew members, like almost everyone was local and be able to really execute that plan and get to see the fruits of, of all that labor. And just, just being able to operate a set in a manner that I've always wanted to, where it's like people first and it's like, Hey, you know what the best part about being a filmmaker and human is, is that we're not robots we get to find a way to do this to where everyone comes out smiling instead of just working ourselves to death every day trying to make something happen. It was like, how do we make this as life-giving of a of an experience as possible so people are going going to bed happy, so people are going to bed already feeling like they don't need to recover as much on rest because they've been able to spend more time of that day doing the things that they would like to do. So that was a really, really um, incredible experience to get to do. And it's filmed in another language. Was that yes. tricky for you? Or do you speak, because you lived a lot in West Africa, so is it a common language? No, so it was a, it was a completely different language. So that was a that was another barrier that we had to do. But thankfully, um, in Kenya, uh, a lot of the people that we hired spoke multiple languages, and one of them was English. So we had like I think like five different languages that were spoken on set. So it was we had english and then we had like four other kenyan dialects and so it was a it was a constant we were like this is what we were hoping to do all in english and then that gets translated and then that gets translated and so we had multiple different people that were in charge of like okay so like these people that we've hired speak this dialect and so they we had someone who spoke english and that dialect so it it required a lot of good communication but like it also was like it's like one of those things that's like man that kind of stuff really makes you have to refine and sharpen your communication skills and just being like, how are we going to do this the best way that we can? Because there is so much time that is going to have to just be dedicated to translation. How did you get onto that project in the first place? The director and I actually met for another film uh, that we were supposed to do together. And that one ended up having its funding pooled while we were doing the scout. And so it ended. the rest of the scout just ended up being me and him uh, just connecting. And we were like, well, we're, we're stuck out here. So we might as well uh, just enjoy this time together. And we ended up really connecting well. And he was like, man, I'm trying to get this film that I would love to do in Africa off of the grounds if I can. Just the fact that you grew up in Africa and just hearing your heart, I would not want anyone else to shoot this besides you would you would you be open to it and so i did and then like a year later we were finally able to make it happen we hadn't that was our first project we got to shoot together um but it was just like a very cool like we were supposed to do a different project it didn't happen but then it ended up leading to that so it was a really a really funny way to get there but it was like a very cool like oh yeah this is definitely meant to happen absolutely it's so cool that it was you were chosen not because i mean obviously you're talented and you completely capable of making a great film, but also because of who you are as a person, like just from being authentically you. And 
those actors, I know I only watched a 90 second trailer, but the acting was incredible. Yeah, the whole the talent the talent was absolutely outstanding. Can't say enough good stuff about them. They're like the entire crew in general. Man, there is so much talent over there, and it was just like such a blessing to just be able to watch talented people just make my job even easier. Where you're just sitting there and you're like, let's try to like make this shot as pretty as possible, and then you get to watch and you're like, oh yeah, it doesn't matter. The acting is like sing even louder than anything else. It's it was a really cool experience. Uh, just to watch really talented people get to shine on frame, you know? And it just looked beautiful, the video that you shot. It was just such a pretty landscape within that. So that is recent. That's already out. So it's it's doing a bunch of festivals right now. It actually is, it's won a bunch of stuff and it went to theaters in Kenya and it's uh, it's doing its rounds like internationally and then hopefully... Hopefully it'll get picked up. It's it's supposed to be a pilot for a whole series where each thing, each episode is its own story. So none of them are connected. But no, it right now it's just making the rounds and it has done really, really well. And it's been really cool to just see everyone's hard work be so rewarded in, in so many ways. I realized I didn't even say what it was called. So where the river divides, that's cool. And so it's going to, the hope is that it continues and tells like another story of the similar messaging. Yeah. So there'll be each, each story is connected in a, in a similar way of like it's the it's the darker sides of faith where every i think there's a lot of stories of like happy endings and a, and a lot of the stuff and in each of these stories is stories of of faith but they're all with not the very happy endings where i think more people really could connect with this idea of in life i think a lot of things just don't end pretty and i think a lot of people go through really difficult times and i think it'd be it's it's a really cool way to be like yeah you know what this happened and things didn't work out that well and it was really hard and it wasn't not everyone got to give each other hugs at the end and that's real life and so like it's all of those stories of the darker sides of faith but i think it's also one of those things that i think connect with a lot of people can connect with a lot of people just because i think a lot more of us experience brokenness in life more than we all experience winning a super bowl you know or being able to have everything wrap up in a pretty way yeah and i think it's important to tell those stories too because in the american culture faith is dressed up as being like Everyone's smiling all the time, too blessed to be stressed. And it's just a very shallow, no, I don't want to say shallow. It's just not as um, true, <laughs> you know, because mm -hmm. humanity is, it's tough being human, even, you know, no matter where you grow up and then add faith into it, it gets really tested. So showing truth because it's based on a true story, right? Yes, yeah, so it is it is based on a true story. Yeah, we got to meet the guy who is he's still alive even after his even after his dad tried to kill him, he was able to survive. Are you going to continue doing true stories? For that series, if it gets picked up and everything, there's eight scripts that are ready to shoot, but they're all true stories, yeah. Well, I hope that gets picked up cuz that would be really interesting to watch. Okay, so you were starting to get your own jobs, you were starting to find different projects and different ways to exercise your film abilities. So did you get to a point where you get to work on your own passion projects, things that you get to kind of take the lead on? Yeah. So I think for me, a lot of this uh, whole journey has just been like, I think everything, I think everything in, in life is, is so, so interesting. And for me, it's been just one of those things where I feel like I've always tried to envision what what a path towards success looks like. And I think every year I get to like be humbled and broken down 
what that is, what that looks like. You know, you set goals and then you're like, life just plays out differently. And so for me, it's been like this journey of, all right, if I can't figure out how to put into concrete, like this is how this journey is going to go for me, how do I make it still a staircase? And so I guess like in a long, a long winded way of saying, like, I think for me, it's been a lot less of trying to be, this is the way that it's going to go for me or, or like this, these are the, um, projects that I'm after or trying to like fight for. It's a lot more of, man, everything that I do, I want to make sure that I'm finding ways to pull myself along and grow. So much of this journey has not been like this perfect little path for me. It has been messy and it's been difficult and it's been, you know, having goals of, oh yeah, I want to shoot my first movie by this age or whatever. But I think it came back to me of this idea of, man, success looks different for every artist. I don't I don't need to like try to put what success looks like for me into this perfect little window. Just because life plays out differently for everyone. Someone might be able to get this opportunity at this age and that doesn't mean that that needs to be my goal. What needs to be my goal is okay, I'm sitting down and I'm finding a way every day to be like how am I pushing myself? How am I growing? Because at the end of the day if I want when I'm 50 years old and I look back, if I'm starting to finally get to do the work that I want to do then, would I be willing to make the sacrifices that it took to get there all over again? Would I be willing to wait however many years that is? The answer is always yes. At the end of the day, what am I doing to continue to build towards the person that I want to become? I am trying to just be the best person that I can be as as a storyteller. So if that means... There is a story out there that is just going to require me to just not get paid and just go and tell a really good story. That's what I'm going to do because I want to be a person that's pursuing that kind of stuff. I think for me, it's all it's all over the board, but it is it is a journey of just trying to be like, well, no matter what it is, whether it's a, a paid job, whether it's a commercial, whether it's a movie, every every bit of that journey for me has been, are you continuing to find ways to push yourself? when the time unfolds for all the all the dream projects that you've always wanted to be able to tell like when that finally comes are you doing the work now to become that person i think you've found the key because it's generally taught to have what's your 10 year plan what's your what is your end goal like what are what's the carrot you're chasing but when you're just focused on that one carrot you're trying to chase you lose the entire process when it seems to me just from listening to you you enjoy the process like you enjoy digging in and creating stories and i think it helps you be more creative because you're not trying to put it in a box before you start. You let it free flow through before already putting too many parameters on it. When you're just focusing on the end game, you can lose out on so much of the good of going through the journey. No, I think I think it's totally that exact point. I know that uh, you are running, I am running. And I think an easy metaphor for me that has always just translated is it's not about getting to the finish line and being able to get the medal. Getting across the finish, that can't be the goal. The reason that that medal at the end, the only way that that can mean anything is if you learn to appreciate the process. You have to fall in love with the process because that medal will be empty if that's all the focus is on. If suddenly you find a way to like fall in love with the process of on the good days you show up, on the bad days you show up, when you're tired, when it's cold, when it's hot, when you don't feel like you have any energy and you still find a way to show up, all of the work for months that it takes to get up to that race, you run it and then you cross the finish line 
and then you get that medal. The, the reward isn't the medal. The reward is the person that you've become that gets to hold the medal. And so for me, that's been my mindset of in film. It's like, man, I want to tell the best stories that I can. And I want to tell stories that matter. I'm not here trying to tell stuff and I'm not just here to pay bills. I'm not here to like tell a bunch of silly stories. What I want to do is I want to tell stories that matter and I want to make movies that challenge people. But at the same way, I need to make, remember that so much life growing sometimes just has to happen in a person to be able to tell those stories. So it, it can't be about rushing the process and being like, I want to DP movies. And then it's not a success until I do then. It's like, man, how do you fall in love with the process of what does it look like to be diligent with all the little tasks? You fall in love with all of the tasks that nobody's going to ever see and reward you for. If you can fall in love with that journey, then when you finally get to that finish and you get to shoot the movies that you want to shoot or whatever that goal is like that's the reward is because of now you've now you've done all these things to get there you're a whole different person when you get there than even when you set the goal that means so much more because of what you've had to go through and so that's like been my mindset towards all of filmmaking you hear these stories of people who are, I just want, want to win my first award. And then they get everything that they had a goal. They check every goal off and they're still empty. They still don't feel satisfied. And so like you were saying, falling in love with the process and the reward isn't the shiny thing you get to show at parties. The reward is who you become. I love that thought of you're crafted through the journey. And as you were talking, I just kept thinking, you need to have a show that's called Proverbs of Bradford or something like that. Because <laughs> you're just like, just spouting out all these jagged, I don't know if you might realize it or not, but all these like big life lessons. I'm like, you're right, Bradford. I do need to think about it like that. And so it's just been, yeah, even just listening to you talk, it's been good. But yeah, and so- Might, be, might, need, to be, might need to be more of this idea of listening to the rambles of Bradford that have <laughs> a, a good thought here and there along the way. <laughs> Nah, that's what editing's for. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love that thought because one, it's like I said, it is noticed the authenticity of something being crafted is felt. Or even you were talking about Da Vinci, even a piece of art, you can almost sense the work behind it, the emotion behind whatever 100%. you're experiencing. Yeah. And, and so I think that key that you have of loving the process or finding a way to love the process or seeing how the process will shape you into just the right person that you're you're becoming. And the thought of, now it's my turn to ramble. And the thought of, like you said, okay, when I'm 50 and I look back on everything I've done, am I going to be proud of it? Am I going to feel that I, you know, risked where I needed to risk? You want to feel proud of, of what you've done. Everything you go through in life, whether it feels productive or unproductive, is so productive. <laughs> like literally, there is no such thing as, maybe not no such thing, but of being unproductive in the sense, like I always have to like produce, 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 produce. But part of the process, as you know, is sometimes your production is when you go for your run. Are you holding a camera? No. Are you working on your specific thing? No, you're running. But that run is inspiring your craft that viewers probably will never know. Do you get a lot of inspiration on your runs or does it feel like complete just like dumping out <laughs> i think for me running is actually more of just like a reinforcement of how i approach life i think it's a really great way to just find a way to start something that is difficult every day that translates 
to film, that translates to being a husband, to being a father, to being a friend. Anytime you want to go for a run, you go outside, it's hot, it's cold, you're tired, you know, you don't want to do it. And there's like so many reasons, there's so many excuses to not go through with it. And like the first thing your brain wants to do is find comfort and not finish anything that's tough. And so for me, it just becomes a reinforcement of like, no, no, no. We told ourselves this is what we were going to do today. So we show up and we find a way to finish tough things. And that translates to then when I'm on set and it's like, you know what? I've, I've been here. You know, I, I've gone through tough things. Running just becomes a way of just magnifying this idea of, cool, we're just going to like give you a tiny little snippet in this 90 minutes of you overcoming adversity. And guess what? Now you have this little idea of, it's almost similar to making your bed every day. You wake up, you make your bed, and it's like the first thing you do is accomplish something. And then even if the rest of the day sucks, you come home to a made bed and you're like, hey, one, one thing happened and I get to go to bed in a made bed. That's a reward. No matter what goes on the rest of the day, you look back and you're like, oh, but I've been there. It's not necessarily that it's like inspiration or a a way for me to get motivation. I think it's just a, a small snippet of reinforcing everything in life. The magic happens in the most difficult times when we have the most amount of pressure, the most amount of stress. This is the beautiful moment we all get to show up and try to make it happen. That's what running does for me is it just gives me like these little small snippets of like reinforcing different parts of my life. Yeah, finding those victories. And it sounds like it builds trust within yourself that you can show up. You've shown up before when things are hard. And there's this thought, confidence doesn't come through getting to the finish line. Confidence comes from saying yes, even when it's hard. You know, people talk about trust issues like, oh, I can't, I don't trust this person. I can't trust this person. But really the biggest person you need to be able to trust is yourself. And that's where true confidence comes from. The end is the end. The result is the result. But if you can say to yourself, I can do these things. I've done these things. I can, I can stand on what I've already been through and came out on the other side with, and you get to have those magical moments, those golden hour film shots. And it turns out well, because you've, you've built up a history with yourself. That's why self-discipline is so good. Self-discipline isn't punishment. It's more of because I'm disciplined, I know what I'm saying yes to, and I know what I'm saying no to. It's almost actually like the word I like to use is like integrity for yourself. Discipline, I I know that word gets thrown around a lot, but it's like, how much do you care about yourself to show up and do the things that you wanted to accomplish? You know, whether that's creatively, whether that's through like just running a marathon, do you have the integrity to care about yourself enough to show up and do what it would take to get there. Discipline is like viewed as this thing of no pain, no gain. And I don't know if that's necessarily true. It's do you just care about yourself enough to do what it takes to love yourself to get to where you want to go? And I think that building all of those things, it does build confidence. It does build this desire to just continue to to care about all the all the things in life. I think that matter. And I think people can look at the films that you've done and see, oh, all of the skills he built got him there, but really all of what you just said got you there. Anybody can learn a skill, anybody can be taught, but if you don't have that yes is yes, my no is no, that self-discipline, that self-integrity, that thing's not going to get made. You might have the skill sets, you might have 10 degrees on your wall, but if you don't have that drive of seeing something through and, you know, finding again, love in that process, it's not going to be made. So, you know, for even for the listeners who are tuning in thinking like, okay, 
So what what is a tactical way to do this? You just said it. It's literally getting up and doing it anyways. You know, you made promises to yourself and you see them through. Hashtag Bradford Proverbs. Okay. So that, that'll go viral, I'm sure. <laughs> is there anything that you would like to share with the listeners? <laughs> I mean, you shared so much. Because your job's not a traditional nine to five, you're freelance. How as a cinematographer, a freelancer, do you find work that you're excited about? So uh, that's a good question. And it's it's something that I continually try to evolve and like process through each year. I think so much of it for me has been this idea of just trying to find people that I connect with first. I've never been someone that's tried to be like, let me just blast. This is who I am. This is what I do. I think so much more of it all has been like, man, just go out and seek relationships, seek people get behind other other filmmakers that you like just believe in as people because if i can be like-minded with someone all of the storytelling process and like all of the technical side of how do we tell this story or what matters about the story that all comes second nature because we have the same perspective at that point so if i'm like fostering relationships that's where i usually go for that to me has been where i've tried to yield results from and it hasn't been like a pretty process. If I'm being honest, I think so much of life, we kind of expect to go a certain way. It's probably bad business advice. Every month it's hard to pay bills, but I'd rather, I'd rather go through this life and this storytelling journey with people that I just am enthusiastic to just do life with. Because as much as I love movies, I'm never going to get to watch a movie that I make the same way that I get to watch movies that I enjoy. The movie making experience for me is the process of making the movie. I've got to freaking fall in love with the people that I do it with. And I don't want to I don't want to suffer through that process. It makes those tough times so much easier to go through when you know that that person has your back because you built that foundation beforehand. It's one of those thoughts of it doesn't really matter where you work as long as the people around you are good people and it seems like a very common thread like at the very beginning you're t- talking about how you got to build relationships with people and you wanted them leaving at the end of the day, at the end of the job in high spirits, feeling good and not beaten down. And I think, I don't know if it's good business advice or not because I'm not in that industry, but to me, it seems like uh, you get so much more out of that perspective than just the paycheck at the end of the day. Building relationships and especially focusing on the process within those relationships, it is such a rich and deep experience. I think people prefer to work in that kind of environment where they enjoy going to work. Like there might be some directors out there making billions and billions, but they are hated, you know, like by the people they've worked with or just like a totally. tyrant. So I think you'll you'll bring in the right people if People want to find you or work with you. How? Where should I point them? That's a that's a that's a fair question. I'm pretty easy to find. Africa cameraman on Instagram. Uh, that's an easy way to reach out to me. That is probably the the easiest way to get a hold of me. Just send me a message. I love connecting with people. Honestly, truly, like the relational side of life has been one of my favorite aspects of what filmmaking has brought into my life is that I get to meet so many people from so many different sides of life, so many different perspectives and all that stuff. So even just having conversations over that, like that's, that's an easy way to get a hold of me. And then is there a piece of advice or even a challenge you would like to share with the listeners? I think this is one that like, uh, I would probably try to just leave with anyone in general is as you go through life, 
don't just be a person that mows your front yard. Be a person that like mows your backyard as well. All the stuff that no one's ever going to see, all the stuff that no one's going to praise you over, all the stuff that no one's going to give you rewards, that's the stuff that matters because that stuff will trickle over into everything else. You know, it's like if you can be willing to do the hard work, whether it gets praised or not, when you get bigger and better opportunities, you've already built that foundation and you continue to build. And anyone in life can tell you it's very easy to sniff out someone who's not a good leader and it's very easy to sniff out someone who's not willing to do the work. So like, just go out there, be willing to do the hard work, whether it gets praised or not. It will always, always pay off. Yeah, they can be trusted. Hashtag Bradford Proverbs. I'm telling you, that's going viral. <laughs> well, Bradford, so that, would they, be a, that would be a very fun, that would be a very funny uh, thing to go viral. Go viral. <laughs> You're going to have people knocking at your door. Like, Give me life advice. Bradford, thank you so much for being on my podcast and just bringing, oh my gosh, such good perspective and life lessons. No, it was such an honor. Thank you. Well, I will see you around, hopefully, at Ultimate Frisbee at some point in the future. We got to get a game in soon. Yeah. <laughs> see ya.